Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, welcome everybody to the YouTube live version of the Wolverine podcast. We are ready to go and uh, we'll be cooking along, talking Michigan football for the next however amount of time, 45 minutes or so, uh, an extended version of what you've gotten used to. Uh, We'd be remiss to have anybody but the guy that we've got sitting uh, there in his own studio, Tom Crawford. Longtime contributor to the Wolverine, frequent podcast guest, and uh, someone that is very well known to our folks. Tom, uh, appreciate you being w- with us on our initial version of this podcast. I love the live version. Let's get some input. We, I mean, we got some great followers with some great input and intel in Michigan football, great passion. So what better way to get uh, give them ownership and uh, have them contribute with questions and uh, make it as interactive as much possible? No question. And as he said, uh, we're, we are open to questions. We have uh, a lot of things that we want to talk about on this game week for the Michigan Wolverines. We heard from Jim Harbaugh yesterday, and we'll be talking about a lot of things that he had to say. And uh, we will... Uh, but we will certainly entertain your questions as we go along. Tom, I want to open up with this. I mean, it's it's the obvious one. We got the big news that uh, Jim Harbaugh is, has announced his decision, and it's not uh, one guy, it's two guys. You're going to have uh, your senior quarterback, Cade McNamara, starting week one against Colorado State. And then J.J. McCarthy in week two against Hawaii. Your thoughts when you heard that? Well, I mean, uh, <laughs> Jim Jim Harbaugh is a different duck. And, uh, you know, I, I liked it, to be honest with you. I know it. Um, and, and we've talked about this quarterback thing, you know, throughout the summer. And people kind of got burned out on But, I mean, he brings it back up. He stokes. He stirs the, the pot, if you will, week number one. I like, you know, talking about starters. Um, Jim Harbaugh, uh, very has been hush hush in his seven years, whatever, uh, with with two deeps, a depth charts. We don't see that, um, and we got to go way back in time to see that. And it, it you know, I, I think he's approaching this the right way. I mean, I think there's some uh, frustrating elements to it because you know, you, you you know you start JJ McCarthy against. Hawaii, okay, and I watched the first half of the Hawaii Vanderbilt game, and I'm thinking, good lord! I mean, you know, I understand I've pounded this too much about the week schedule, 
but it you know first time in 78 years that Michigan hasn't played a power five slash Notre Dame but um, that Hawaii team is really bad uh, defensively um, if Vandy can hang 63 on you I mean so how do you really I mean my and I'm not smart enough to figure this out but how do you really evaluate what JJ does against Hawaii and if you throw too much you're going to be running up the score so I I hope I, I like Jim Harbaugh's approach, John, but keep that keep that going until you get somebody pulling ahead. That's just my feeling. If because if both are 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 very good and they are, and it's a tie, if you will, or close to a tie, then just keep this until you resolve the situation. Yeah, I laid out a uh, a faux schedule on our website where you're skipping every other week and show the opponents that uh, McNamara gets and show JJ and he would be ending up starting in Columbus and uh, we already have a bet over that one uh, yeah. as to who's going to start there but I agree with you in that uh, you're talking about different opponents and different skill levels we don't know exactly we know that the Colorado State has got the uh, transfer portal guys in we think that they're going to be a little bit bolstered but uh it, it, you you really have to um as I'm sure that they're going to come up with ways to take that into account as they uh as they assess these guys in these games and it's not like there's only going to be one guy that goes the whole way. And Jim Harbaugh noted that, you know, you're going to have uh, J.J. McCarthy coming into the first game. And I assume that uh, you'll see both quarterbacks in game two. So I, I can see it. But it does call to mind, is this a a little bit of a silver lining to that uh, that schedule that you have not been terribly happy about, that non-conference schedule? Because if this was Notre Dame – followed by Oklahoma, I'm not so sure that they would be doing this split quarterback thing. Well, I wasn't asking for Notre Dame followed by Oklahoma. I was just asking for, a, you know, a, a power five team, you know, have Iowa right. State come in here, something like that. So it's a little bit, a little bit higher grade, if you will, caliber of play than what you have from these three opponents. Now, Colorado State, Jay Norvell is a good coach. I'm telling you what, I mean, he and Dave Clawson of Wake Forest are guys that I know in the business. Those guys have been okay. earmarked up and comers. And um, so, you know, Colorado State could be a viable opponent. We'll see how they do going forward. You really don't know what you've got in your schedule till you go to the end of the year. Because remember in 97, we thought, oh, my God, what a daunting schedule. But by the time the season ended, it wasn't so daunting. It was great and national championship worthy. But I'm just saying you you can't really evaluate a schedule till the end. So I'm going to, you know, even though the, the Hawaii thing was, you know, as far as uh, – uh, a first indicator is it's not, not a very good team. But, yeah, it's – I mean, and how do you – got to ask you this, John. I mean, how do you, you – you, your evaluation goes on beyond throwing and managing the game, right, and 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 the running game and things of that nature. So it's going to be – it's going to be interesting how they post-game Hawaii, how the questions about quarterback evaluation, particularly on the Monday presser, is going to come down after he's looked at the film. There's no question. What this tells you, I think, without any question, and uh, Jim Harbaugh casts it as not a demotion for McNamara, but definitely a promotion for McCarthy because of what he's done, what he showed, the growth he's produced. And my question to you is how much of this 
I think they felt some leeway with that schedule. They would not cast it that way because you're going to be insulting opponents and all that kind of thing. But how much of this do you think is uh, genuinely that they were are, are right neck and neck? And I believe that they, I believe they're close, or or he would not do this. But is there an element that um, you know you, you've had so much talk about? Okay, it's we're we're in the era of the transfer portal. We can we've got to be careful, and mm-hmm. and you know, is there some of that to this? Well, yeah. There, I mean, whether it's where it's consciously or subconsciously, I'm sure it's there. the The idea of I mean, you know, we gotta you know we gotta reward both of these kids, right? I mean, they both deserve, and and Cade, I, you know, and I, I'm not down on Cade McNamara. My God, I got people that I've been inside the practice that I really trust in, in, in credibility-wise and know what they're seeing, that um, he's looking really good. I'm talking about Cade McNamara. Number 12 is looking really, really good. But mm-hmm. and, and number nine had the disadvantage. He missed spring ball, and I think that, that you know, set J.J. back a little bit um, with that, you know, with that shoulder thing. So I, I – I, I think there's that element, and you're right, John. The fact that they're playing, you know, such an inferior schedule that does open the door. Uh, granted, I mean, playing going against Michigan's defense, the way we're hearing about Michigan's defense, the ones versus ones, probably more of a challenge than going against Hawaii or, or University of uh, Connecticut. But still, it's a game situation. Uh, you get the crowd. You got all these elements, and so it's at least some kind of gauge of performance. And the two quarterbacks, and it goes beyond the two quarterbacks. I'm, I'm more, I'm just as much interested of that receiver room and who's gonna. I mean, you've got six viable guys. Uh, how that's gonna play out too? I mean, who's gonna come to the forefront in that regard? No doubt about it. I think we're gonna be talking about those receivers uh, here in this particular broadcast. But uh, I will, I will say this. Uh, I I hearken back. This is giving me a little bit of flashback, and not to compare guys to the the individuals I'm going to name, but situationally, uh, I'm getting a little bit of Brady Henson flashback because you think <laughs> to this day, to this day, Tom Brady will, will tell you that uh, hey, I I am what I am in part because. I was yeah. pushed as hard as I was. I yeah. was fighting to survive against a Drew Henson. Yeah, and and I think you know, and 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 maturity, uh, uh, mental toughness, resiliency, and I think Kay McNamara. I mean, he, he's 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 no fool. I mean, he knows that the majority of the fan base get enthralled with quick feed and and flashy play, which JJ I guess would fit that mode more. Maybe for fan friendly, uh, fan appealing. I mean, he's he realized that's going on, and he's just tunnel vision and going forward. And the fact he was voted captain speaks a lot uh, about the leadership. But, I mean, these, this is not beyond Tom Brady, Drew Henson. I mean, look at the situation going on in Texas A&M. I mean, we go back to Chris Leak and Tim Tebow in Florida. I mean, really good teams have issues of having two quarterbacks and I agree with Harbaugh and he I hate the term that means you have no quarterback that's not true it means you're double the pleasure you're you you are you are uh you are blessed with a great situation because as we all know one play away you're down to number two whoever the backup is so I I think this is a great situation it's a position of strength it's the least of my worries to be honest with with you John on this Michigan football team either side of the ball is the quarterback 
Absolutely. We we have seen Big Ten teams where they have that one starter and they lose him and immediately they fall right off the table. And right. I don't, you're not going to see that in this situation. So all of that being said, forced choice here, who is going to get the game three start for the Wolverines <laughs> and in the mind of Tom Crawford as you're looking at this thing? <laughs> Well, you, you can say what you want. You can say what you think is going to happen. <laughs> I'll just say what I think is going to happen. I think Kay McNamara is going to be, uh, for my, you know, because the fact he's playing, he's on top of his game. And, I mean, he's not going to – I don't think he's going to screw this thing up. And and, and J.J. is going to play great as well. But I think Kay McNamara has that slight edge, if you will. And I think he'll be the quarterback against UConn. But moving forward after that, when you get into real football, I mean, Big Ten play, and I'm not talking just about going to Kinnick Stadium. I think Maryland, uh, Mike Loxley is a good coach, okay? And mm -hmm. they got two his brother quarterback. They they got some they got some transfers. I think Maryland is going to be at least a legitimate opponent, and it's Big Ten play. So we start with the Maryland game, with the September twenty fourth. That point forward, the season starts. Particularly, it gets really ramped up when they go to Iowa City to play the Hawkeyes. Yes. And speaking of those games and the import of them, uh, will this be a situation where the head coach and the quarterbacks coaches and the offensive coaches maybe lean toward a little quicker hook if the starter, and I, I agree with you, I do believe it'll be Cade McNamara in game three, uh, but we don't know. Uh, will there be a little bit quicker hook if, say, you know, you have a guy that's struggling a little bit, throws a couple picks early, and, you know, how do you balance this? Balance that if that's the way you're going to go with this thing uh, against, okay, you got to let them play through a certain amount. We remember Brian Greasy in uh, 97 struggling mightily in the first half uh, against Iowa, and yet – you know, he, he comes back and battles back and gives you uh, – helps to give you an undefeated season. Well, I mean, the, the, the ultimate example of that, of going with a quick hook, is the 1999 Michigan State game. <laughs> we know that. I mean, Tom Brady in that game, uh, he played incredible in the second half, brought Michigan almost back, to the, and they lost that game 34-31. But you remember how short-arming uh, – Short throwing, if you will, into the ground. Tom Brady was throwing the ball in the flats in that first first half, first quarter. He was terrible. In comes Drew Henson, and he hits Marcus Knight on a fly pattern. All of a sudden, Drew Henson's going to – we're going to ride the Rapids with Drew for the rest of the second quarter into the third quarter. Then Drew throws a pick six, okay? And then it goes back to Brady, and then he finishes strong. So is it going to be that, you know, kind of uh, do a tango with these two guys? I don't know. And, and is, that a, is that necessarily a bad thing? I don't know. I don't know. Well, maybe that maybe that isn't such a bad thing. Yeah, I don't know. I, I see I see McCarthy getting a fair amount of playing time regardless of whether or not he's the starter. I think if if McCarthy at some point is the starter, there's not there's not as much situational uh play that you're going to get out of McNamara. And but but maybe for that reason, maybe I give uh, I give McNamara a little bit longer leash to battle back. We saw the the bad pick in the early going against Ohio State by Cade McNamara, and yet you saw him 
certainly overcome that and the offense overcome that in a, in a really overwhelming fashion to to beat by 15 points a team that had been routing the Wolverines uh, the last couple times out before that. Yeah, and, and let's, there's another component to this thing, which I think is going to be you know, kind of the, the message that's not been stated loud, loud enough is, is the running game. Blake Corum, I think, is – I mean, the guy is a monster right now. I, I mean, I, I, if I was a linebacker, I wouldn't want to tackle that dude. Put on 12 pounds of muscle. Donovan Edwards, you know what he can do out of the backfield. I think this backfield is going to take the pressure off both quarterbacks, and, and you're going to get a potent offense. I think this Michigan offense is going to be really, really good. Yes, and that will help both of these quarterbacks. I mean, we haven't even mentioned, you know, you talk about running backs. You talk about offensive line. All of that. Uh, goes into the fact that uh, these quarterbacks ought to be able to have a high level of success. Uh, be, and we're going to talk about that uh, right around the corner. But my last quarterback question, and we spent a lot of time on it, but I'll tell you what, it's the most scrutinized position. And this year you ramp it up to level 11 in terms of the quarterback scrutiny. Yeah. The guy that does not win the starting job, say, say when the Big Ten rolls around or that first road game at Iowa, how does the other one, how does the, the non-starter react in your mind? Uh, and, and how is it, how important is it for him to react well? Well, it's important for him to react well. And I think he, uh, either one will react well, to be quite honest with you. I, I, I think both of these young men, um, and, and just being in front of them and, and, um, especially with, with Cade in, in the press conferences, and we'll get more of JJ this year, I'm assuming, um, that, that I mean, I mean he's, a, he's a sharp young man. I mean, um, I think they'll handle it well, to be honest with you, John. Um, I mean, this is big-time football, big-boy football, and they're getting – they're going to have opportunities. And I think with JJ, I mean, the, the, the stigma he's got is, you know, he's too loose with the football or whatever. I think that's a little bit overstated. Um, but, I mean, he's got to – He's got to clean that up completely. He's got to, he's got to, if, if he wants to win to be the starting quarterback, he's got to be as proficient in terms of the cleanliness of his game, if you will, as much as Kate. And then, because we, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious to a lot of people, uh, even in the unsophisticated, that he's the more athletic guy. John Jansen was talking about that. I, I saw a tweet from him, who was the color man, he's pretty, pretty good expertise in John Jansen. Um, that that he's has a higher ceiling. Now that's a former player saying that, and um, and you know I just I, I I think it's apparent he's got the higher ceiling. But will that higher ceiling have the opportunity to be utilized, and will he fulfill it if he gets the opportunity? No doubt about it. But and with that, you wonder who's the man for the moment. Uh, you can acknowledge that McCarthy has the higher ceiling, just like uh, if you had a crystal ball, you could have seen that. Uh, Tom Brady, although they didn't know it at the time necessarily, had the higher ceiling than Brian Greasy back in 97. I'm, but to, again, you talk to the guys on that team, and most of them will say Greasy was was the guy for that time. They agreed with that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, it is fascinating to see it play out either way. Regardless of who's starting, you've touched on the uh, the running backs. You've touched on the wide receivers. Ton of talent there. You're going to have a good offensive line. You've got great tight ends. Will this team, will Jim Harbaugh, decide to maybe open up the offense a little bit more than 
perhaps he did last year. You've got a situation where, hey, you've got that running game going. You've got the, exactly what Tom Crawford has been begging for, uh, to, to have the, the high-powered Michigan running game. Uh, but uh, the other, on the other hand, you know, I hear, I hear the detractors, and some, some are just trying to make trouble. I know that, and, and you know some of them pretty well yeah. uh, that say, oh, yeah, who wants to come there and, and run the ball 40 times a game? Or who, who you know, should, if, if one of these guys doesn't, doesn't like the offense or, or gets passed over, should they leave? That kind of stuff. How do you balance that? And how do you, uh, how do you think they'll go about this uh, whole business offensively this year? Well, I, I think in the Colorado State game, it's going to be a th- – I mean, Colorado State's going to throw the game – throw the ball. And, and Michigan's going to throw it. I think this game on Saturday is going to be entertaining if you like offense. And I think uh, against – once again, this is one of the plus sides of the uh, inferior competition, if you will. I mean, let's be real. I mean, you can consciously say, we, we can take some chances here, guys. I'm talking about the coaching staff, Jim Harbaugh. Because we'll probably, we're going to win this football game. We're a better team. So you can probably take chances against inferior opponents, throwing early, doing a little bit more – dicey stuff you don't want to empty the playbook i mean against for you know future opponents but still i think they're gonna throw the football and find out you know who can throw it better and uh so i think you're gonna see a lot of a a, a lot of air open attack if you will particularly against colorado state because colorado state is going to play into it as well the other element is is go back to the running backs i mean when you got donovan edwards of what he can how you can utilize him in the flats swing passes and you know and, and my god he can throw the ball we saw that in, in the big Ten championship game um i i really think that um i, I it's going to be an exciting offense it's going to be it's it, it's going to be entertaining and and i i think the running backs will be happy i think it's going to be a balance all i really want you know fancy you want balance you know i'm not saying out of the 70 or 80 plays you you know have to be 50 50 but you know, throw the ball 25, 30 times, run the ball the same amount of times, or or maybe throw the ball 35 times and run the ball 35 times. Um, Michigan's going to have a balanced attack, particularly when you get those tight ends. Yeah, you don't want to come into not even necessarily Maryland, but, but Iowa, as we have talked about, uh, without practice in a game, uh, stretching the field a little bit, yeah. knowing that uh, you've got that ability because – you're probably not going to be able to just line it up and uh, and blow Iowa out of there, you know, in their own building uh, with with that fan base that they've got going. Certainly, we saw in the uh, the Big Ten championship game. Even though Michigan eventually blew Iowa out, they used some things to uh, to loosen up the Hawkeyes, including. You know, your reference to Donovan Edwards and his 75-yard throw downfield. Uh, no, it's there. There are things, and I don't. I wouldn't expect that sort of play in these early games. But you have the luxury of, I would think, being able to uh, really get a lot of people on the field and uh, be able to throw the ball downfield, uh, you know, enough so that you're feeling confident in that part of your game. Yeah, I, I, I don't think you're. Uh, and and one other element, of which is a. a position of strength is special teams. And I don't think you're going to see Brad Robbins participate much on Saturday. Uh, because I don't think they're going to have to punt much. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, you know, we 
we you get a few people that will say, hey, okay, let's not get carried away because Colorado State brought in some people and it and did. they it might be there. Yeah. But yeah. but um, on paper, you're thinking that uh, no, this is not a going to be a big workout day for uh, for your punter. So when you think about the the pass game, when you think about the having Ronnie Bell coming back to this team. Uh, you think about the other veterans, Cornelius Johnson and the, the younger guys that were emerging last year, the Roman Wilsons of this team. And you throw in all these uh, younger players that are just wowing others. You do have a number of guys that could be potentially your leading receiver. My question to you is, Who's going to be the number one guy in terms of uh, catches and yardage this year? Well, number one guy um, is is an easy one for me. It's Ronnie Bell. <laughs> I think he's going to have a great year. And, I mean, I was just watching the other day the 2019 Michigan-Michigan State game, which seems like an eons ago. Uh, I love that game, 44-10. Ronnie Bell had eight or nine catches in that game. He was brilliant. That's a long time ago. He's played a lot of football. For Michigan, and I think he's the leader in that room. Uh, he's the mentor for Darius Clemens, who is that finally that stretch guy that Michigan, big stretch guy, going to stretch that field. Um, I mean, you just hit CJ and Roman Wilson, and I was, East Lansing Xandrell Anthony Jr. Mm. is going to have a tremendous year. He's worked so hard this summer. Um, I that's a deep, deep room. Now, I you know Michigan's had great receivers, John. And I mean, do you ever remember of the years cover? Let's just go the years covering Michigan football for you, which is well beyond 30 years of this kind of quality depth at the wideout position ever. I, I don't see it as uh, that. I mean, one to eight so yeah, much. I mean, eight guys, actually. With I, the I, at, the, at the very top, I mean, it, it, it's tough to, to beat an assemblage of Braylon Edwards, Jason Avant, who, by the way, is going to be your sideline reporter on Michigan radio and Steve Breston. I mean, the, uh, as far as that's one thing, three. Yeah, that's, I know, I agree with that. You're saying, I know what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah, uh, I know to, what you're saying. Oh, one through eight. No, not in the, not in the 32 years that uh, I've been following this team or, or doing so professionally. And even hearkening back, I mean, before that, you're ta you're talking about uh, coaching staffs that weren't all that interested in throwing the ball all that much. So, yeah, yeah no question, no question that yes. uh, I and I I tend to agree with you about Ronnie Bell leading this team uh, because of his inside outside ability. Yeah. I mean, he can slide into the slot. He can do so many different things. But I will say this: don't forget about last year's leader. Uh, who happens to be uh, Cornelius Johnson because this is a kid that that at times stretched the field last year. I remember the big sliding catch in the snow against Ohio State and some other times, uh, you know, um, we got we had uh, Bryant Wilson checking in saying that he thought, uh, Bryant Williams rather, that uh, is checking in on our Facebook Live saying, I believe Roman Wilson will be our number one receiver this year so uh there's uh, you know it's there are a lot of a lot of ways that this thing could go but uh i'll tell you that those three guys mentioned alone and I'm glad you brought andrell anthony into uh the whole discussion because this is a kid with just 
amazing uh, talent. And he, they let him showcase it in that one particular game last year. And yeah. then I think he got a little bit nicked up later in the season. But I yeah, think you, know, you you'd spend another year in the uh, bulking yourself up a little bit. But I know he's, uh, he's retained uh, tremendous speed. So watch out for him as well. Well, John, I mean, I, a question more than a, than a statement. Mike, Mikey Sanders still, I mean, and now he's working a lot at, at defensive back. Uh, a position of need over there. I mean, he had some big-time catches. I mean, in particular, Michigan State game when Michigan was pulling away from the Spartans and they made that 30-14 to 14 lead. Uh, for some reason, they quit throwing the football as much after that. But uh, there's a kid who makes big plays, and we don't even think about him because we're, all, we're hearing about his focus on the other side of the ball and doing this Charles Woodson, uh, you know, both sides of the ball routine. I mean, I still think he's going to be a relevant wide receiver, don't you? Oh, there's no question, but I think it might be a limited sort of thing because of the very reason you mentioned, need. They're so stacked at wide receiver, and uh, they they can use defensive backs. And certainly uh, Mike Sainer still has played well enough to be considered a starter as far as when you talk about nickel packages and things like that. Where I would see – Mike Sainer still coming back over to the offensive side would be if you get in that situation where, boy, you know, they've made some mistakes and they're down and they really have to go to the passing game and they've gotten out four and five wide receivers. That's where I I would see a a Mikey Sainer still coming back over and being one of those guys that you could really count on to to make some catches, uh, maybe when the attention is drawn off to uh, one of your other top guys. Yeah, and, and the same thing goes for Ronnie Bell, those uh, dig routes and drag routes. I mean, when when is a third and eight, I mean, in, in a crucial time, maybe Michigan's behind at the time, you're going to go with your veteran receiver um, more than you would, for example, a Darius Clemens in that situation. So um, anyway, that one, uh, that that's uh, not caught, the, the, the receiver room is not causing Jim Harbaugh sleepless nights. We'll just make that statement. I'm assuming. Yes, I would agree with that. And I, and Jim Harbaugh has already expressed his enthusiasm for the wide receivers. Let's uh, switch over to the defensive side of the football uh, because we hadn't paid much attention there yet. And, uh, you know, if you don't do that, Mozzie Smith may well uh, break into the broadcast studio and start uh, throwing yeah. our stuff around. Yeah. Uh, what are some of the key things that you're going to be looking at for in these first games uh, in the opener against Colorado State to to kind of indicate to you that hey okay they've they've done well in plugging in i get it it's not uh, it's not what it's going to be like against Iowa Penn State Michigan State but what will you be looking for what will Tom Crawford be looking to identify on the defensive side that says okay that looks good well, I mean, I'm interested uh, with Chris Jenkins. I think Harbaugh at the presser yesterday mentioned they moved him to the outside, if, if I'm yes. not mistaken. And, mm-hmm. and which is, which is, that shows you the versatility of that young man and also shows you uh, the potency of, of a Mason Graham on the inside, Mozzie Smith, uh, of, of how dominating they're perceived to be. I'm looking at the interior. When, I, when I'm, what, when I have my, uh, Binoculars up in the up in the press box. I'm, I'm, when Michigan's on the defensive side of the ball, I'm going to look clearly in the interior and see what's going on. See what kind of push Michigan is going to get up the middle 
in the pass rush situation. Last year, it always came from the ends. We know that because you had your brilliant David Ajabo, obviously, and Aiden Hutchinson. But um, it's good if, if you can be disruptive in the middle, keep saying it. I, I, I marvel at what Georgia is able to do in that regard. Drove Cade McNamara crazy as it drove everybody crazy, whoever Georgia was playing. And Alabama's done it for years, getting a 330-pound freak of nature uh, to, you know, clog up the middle and, and wreak havoc up the middle. Uh, I'm, I'm talking about in a pass rush and then obviously stopping the run. Can, Michigan, can Michigan's interior D-line stop the run against good teams moving forward uh, when they're, when they're uh, beyond – when we get out of September and they're playing Iowa – or when they're playing Penn State, Michigan State, Wisconsin, especially Wisconsin, and running running the football, are they going to be able to defend the run? That's what I'm going to be looking for. Because when Michigan's gotten in trouble in the past defensively, John, we all know it, um, it's when they haven't been able to stop the run. And last year against Michigan State, what happened? They couldn't stop the run. One dude in particular. And uh, Kenneth Walker III. And it was a nightmare. They can't have those kind of things happen. And I think Michigan's addressed this defensive need uh, in its interior line. I, I will give you two things that I'm I'm going to be looking for in the opener and beyond, and that's uh, sort of complements what you were saying. Where are they going to get their edge rushers after they lost a couple of incredible edge rushers last year? And how creative – will they have to get in doing that? We've already heard Junior Colson uh, is going to be somebody that they employ in the pass rush game. They could move him out and have him coming off the edge or they can you know, do various things. How creative can they get? Um, and, and what are you going to see there? And also, are they going to be able to put enough pressure on that gives these defensive backs uh, – a, a situation where they have enough time and hold up pretty well. Uh, I, I'm just, uh, you know, that's they've replaced guys there, and I, I just think that okay, uh, they've got to give these guys some time early to allow them to be able to be settled in, and that does mean putting pressure on a quarterback. Yeah, Jalen Harrell. I mean, Mike Morris. I mean, I, I think you're gonna, you're gonna. Uh be able to evaluate how if Michigan is able to set set the edge, which is the biggest priority is setting the edge, making sure you're turning, you know, you're not letting anything get outside. Uh, with Michigan struggles defensively, a lot of times besides not clogging up the middle is getting, you know, guys on the outside, uh, letting them on the outside. Um, Aiden Hutchinson was go- so good, so powerful in that regard, as, along with Ajabo. If they, you know, can contain, move, you know, just hurt things inside and get some help from, from your friends on the inside. Um, they'll be just fine against the good teams. But um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the DNs. It, it doesn't sound like to me that, um, and, and I don't know if it's just this year. I think it was started last year. I mean, Jim Harbaugh is, is really, really optimistic. Like I've never seen him before. Uh, when he talks about both sides of the ball, we got that yesterday. And um, I think he likes this defense. And um, maybe Jesse Mentor, you know, I, I think the idea that you've got a Baltimore Ravens pedigree to it um, is, uh, is, is consistent. So there's not a huge amount of adjustment. Um, the McGregor kid was hurt in high school 
Uh, how's he going? Braden McGregor is how's he going to do? Is is he going to be relevant? I mean, I heard he's had a good summer. So some some new names that have been around that have played football, but uh, are they're going to have bigger roles? That's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. And you just reminded me through the mention of the Michigan State game. One other big thing I'm going to be looking forward to out of a Jesse Minter defense, do they get on and off the field in personnel switching or, or yes. the, uh, you know, multiple uh, guys that can do multiple things on the field so that they do not face those situations where they get caught not being ready for a play. And that was, that was well, another major aspect of that. That, one, that one series I'm trying to think was the third quarter where that was, you know, clearly obvious to everybody. That was crazy. And uh, but that got a draft that got cleaned up. Uh, I don't think that happened again. Unfortunately, um, it happened against Michigan State. But right. um, yeah, I, I, you know, that was that's a really good example of what you do not want to see against a good running team. And there are going to be good running teams uh, on that schedule. There's no question about it. Never saw a moment where Aiden Hutchinson was more frustrated than after that game where he basically said they, that uh, that Michigan gave them two touchdowns by by not being prepped or prepared for a play by not having everybody set. So right, right. You know that was that. That's tough. You cannot have that. Mason Graham, you mentioned a true freshman that uh, has earned a starting job at least in the base defense. As a defensive tackle, I mean, we yeah, we'd heard about him, but you hear about a lot of young guys. It's one thing to hear, yeah, he's really made some plays and he shows flashes, but all of a sudden, okay, in a base defense, he's a starting DT for this yeah. team. That That's saying something. Well, it takes me back to Mark Mesner, <laughs> going back 40 years. 1985 out of Detroit Catholic Central. It's like, the guy's a freshman. How can he be? How can this guy be starting? And he, but he was because he was that good. And and we've been hearing about Mason Graham all summer, and, um, and he's been thrown around. And um, the way Jim talked about him yesterday, he's you know when he, when you say yeah, he's going to start in the base defense. That's he's a start, and uh, that will be interesting to see how he does. He's a big dude. Uh, once again, getting big guys. This is the high-level power fives versus the smaller levels of football. It's when you get big, big size on the D-line. Michigan historically has not had big defensive linemen versus a lot of other 